We're going to talk to you. You are the initiate. You are the cosmic being. I found out that I was actually getting a two inch by two inch brand with a color as a man. We no longer under the law of Moses. The world that he can cut with violence and the violence shall take it by force. Coffee. And cults. <sighs> Hi, John. Hi, Sam. Hi, listeners. And welcome to Coffee and Cults, where once a month we drink coffee and talk cults and fringe religious groups from around the world. Please be aware this podcast may not be suitable for all listeners, as it will contain strong language, especially today. And I'm sure you've just seen the episode title, so you know some of the strong language that will be coming. Um, Also, we've got uh, some content warnings today for homophobic language, sexist language. That's pretty much it. Um, we hope you're all well, listeners. Thank you for being here with us. Um, we hope you all stayed safe and you're happy and nice things are happening for you. Thank you for your iTunes reviews. Anything you would like to thank the listeners for, John? <laughs> Just for being themselves in these yeah. increasingly uh, difficult times. Um, and for those of you that have been in touch with us again, thank you. It means a lot to hear from you. Yes. Um, so... Should we, should we crack on? It's been a yeah. little while since we recorded. Let's crack on. Cool. Let's um let's get to a cult, Samland. Hell yes. Um, so the fringe religious group we are talking about today, John, are the Westboro Baptist Church. Ooh. Ooh. Um, so most people are familiar, I think, with the Westboro Baptist Church. Uh, they came to my attention after the Louis Theroux documentary, the first one way back 2007 i think it was was. gonna say same for me my sort of knowledge here is exclusively through the lens of is it three documentaries he's he's done now louis yes he's now done three of them so westboro baptist church they were founded by pastor fred phelps in topeka kansas the church held its first service on november the 27th 1955 so it's been going a really long time wow i didn't quite realize that i thought it had come out of other groups uh uh, later than that since the 50s geez exactly with, right, yeah. with fred all the way from the 50s with fred so let me tell you about where fred came from Ooh. so fred phelps fred phelps was born in 1929 in meridian mississippi which is fun to say i know we like finding little fun phrases fred phelps from meridian mississippi yeah <laughs> almost lispy <laughs> Um, his parents were named Catherine and Fred Phelps. Classic 1920s behaviour. Just name <laughs> your kid your own name. Oh, I see. That's both parents. I thought maybe his mum was called Catherine and Fred. <laughs> well, she was probably called Fred. Like in the olden days, they used to be like Mrs. Fred, didn't they? Oh, yeah. Mrs. Oh. The patriarchy. Um, oh, you can't. if you're just listening to the audio, I shook my fist in a damn you let's get rid of you not that wasn't like a celebratory thing (laughs) oh no (laughs) Catherine phelps uh dies when fred is a kind of uh teen so he's mostly raised by his aunt and then in 1944 fred phelps senior married a 39 year old divorcee scandalous whose name is olive briggs Ooh, she has a good name doesn't she uh, I, I only think of olive oil when I hear someone named Olive. <laughs> so that's what I picture. That is now what I'm picturing. And now the young Fred Phelps looks <laughs> like, uh, oh, what was his name? Um, Popeye? Not Popeye. Oh. Weirdly, my brain went Pluto? to the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> nice. 
Um, so as a, as a young person, Fred was a good scholar. He was in a fraternity in high school, which I did not know was a thing. I thought they were a weird college situation, yeah. but he was a Phi Kappa member. Uh, he also became, oh, this is a mouthful, president of the Young People's Department of Central United Methodist Church. Wow, that is a title and a half. So always super, super into the church. Loved it. Um, and the Methodist church particularly then, that's interesting. Yeah. I um, was baptised a Methodist. I don't know why with this accent, Sam, I was. Well, the part of the world that you were baptised, I guess. Similar. Yes, probably. Yeah. Um, so he did army cadets as well. So in that sort of time, like war sort of time, when it's really cool to be a soldier. Uh, he graduated from high school at age 16. And he was invited to a military academy, but he decided to pursue religion instead. Surprise, oh, there's, surprise. A, there's a real crossroads where if only he'd gone the other way. Well, then he would have well, been a despot. Yeah, know? that's true. Maybe it wouldn't have helped that way either. So he was researching religion. Um, he went to college. He was ordained a Southern Baptist minister at age 17. So he went over from the Methodists to the Baptists. So he was ordained a minister at 17. Yeah. So that's Blimey, how like Sam. strong he was. He was already like preaching to all his, like Jim Jones was, he was already preaching to whoever he could find. God, um, listeners, think about the 17-year-olds you know in your life right now <laughs> and imagine going to them for spiritual advice. Oh, gosh. I'm just trying to think if I know any... I know some 18-year-olds and no cheap alco pops maybe <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh yeah no, that, that, was is, that blows my mind um, at the age of, yeah sorry 17 year olds we know you're yeah. more than alco pops alco pops and uh how to save the planet from climate change thank you yeah um, um but maybe you shouldn't be ordained at that that just seems really young doesn't it it yeah yes it does um so he moved to he moved from uh mississippi to tennessee and then he moved to california um, and this was all to study various religion, uh, philosophy, etc. Uh, Fred became estranged from Fred, his father. Um, <laughs> not from himself, okay. Not from himself. Well, um, maybe. His father was really disappointed that Fred hadn't joined the military. Um, and Fred's, Fred Jr., wait, Westboro Fred. I don't know how to just... Westboro Fred is the coolest nickname we've come up uh, with on this whole podcast. <laughs> they're going to be Daddy Fred and Westboro Fred. Oh, no. Mm. <laughs> Daddy, Daddy Fred's the dad, right? Daddy Fred <laughs> is... <laughs> if you hadn't cracked that code, listeners, Sam's right there with some help. Oh, no. So... Mm. Daddy Fred, for some reason, is both creeping me out because use of the word daddy generally does, but also uh, I'm now imagining him as a daddy long legs... <laughs> <laughs> Daddy Fred is disappointed in Westboro Fred that Westboro Fred hadn't joined the military. Westboro Fred, because he was so super religious and already fire and brimstone by this point, he was furious that his dad had married a divorcee. Oh, of course. So he was like, he thought everything about his dad was wrong. The dad thought the same about him. And they like basically never spoke again. So he would return letters that his father had sent him. He wouldn't introduce him to his family, anything like that. Oh, wow. Heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, when Westboro Fred, he will henceforth be known as just Fred, <laughs> uh, was 19, 
he was preaching to other students about their sins, uh, quoting. Oh, that's a good. That's a good college time, isn't it? Think, think, right? listeners, back to if you went to university, if you didn't, to that same kind of age. You're hanging out with your fellow 19-year-olds. Yeah, and, and you're uh, talking to them about their <laughs> promiscuous petting, evil language, profanity, cheating, pandering to lusts of the flesh, and he was upset about teachers' filthy jokes in classrooms. Wow, he sounds like a real buzzkill, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, like the most boring, like, oh, no, just piss off, stop talking. Yeah. He's yeah. not getting on your house party list for sure. So he was doing this in college, in hallways and in classrooms. And the college were like, can you stop doing that, please? No one likes it. We don't want it here. It doesn't do, represent what we teach at the school. So, can Do you we know what he was studying? Uh, it is written somewhere, but it, that place is not my notes. <laughs> Fine. Uh, something. He wasn't studying. He wasn't studying uh, drama. <laughs> <laughs> Or queer um, theory. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of stopping doing these sermons, he just moved them across the road from the college. So when people were going in and going out, he would be stood out on the street yelling about his fellow students' sins. Wow. That is very obnoxious. Yeah. Um, so he was invited to preach at a church in Phoenix, Arizona, where he met Margie Marie Sims. Her name is difficult to say because it's a lot. Why is everyone captain of the alliteration team in this story, Sam? (laughs) Captain, all of them are captains. Captains of the F team and the M team. I I don't decide how the alliteration team (laughs) structure goes. (laughs) Everyone's a captain. It's very It's a very horizontal uh, anarchist kind of structure. Oh, I like it. Nice. Uh, So they got married in 1952. Um, and in the book where most of my research has come from... I and what most book of, is that, Sam? Uh, part of my research. This is Unfollow, which was written by Megan Phelps Roper. Phelps, you'll recognise the name if you haven't heard of her before. Um, highly recommend. A very good book. Very interesting. Um, I have just used the book for kind of facts about the group. I'm not going into Megan's story itself, which is what the book's about. Okay. Um, so you should definitely read it and buy it and support her doing the good work she's doing now. Spoilers. Hmm. Um, so from that book, there is a quote from Margie Marie Sims, now Phelps. Uh, so she's the, the matriarch of the group, if there was such thing as a matriarchy in that society. Um, so she said he'd speak for 10 to 15 minutes. I mean, he didn't hardly breathe. It was shocking. It was impossible to hear him speak from the pulpit without being overtaken by an almost paralyzing sense of gravity. These were matters of eternal import, and it was your never-dying soul that that hung in the balance. Wow. That's a pretty powerful drug, isn't it? It, Yeah, it must be. And when, like, TV is shit, what else are you going to (laughs) watch? Was There there must must have been good TV in the 60s by that point, 50s. 50s, yeah. But it would have been like very rare, surely. You'd have to yeah, catch it when true. it's on. Uh, <laughs> ah, 50s. <laughs> um, so they got married um, and they moved to Topeka in 1954. Fred was hired as a pastor by the Eastside Baptist Church there. And then later that year, they opened another denomination of their church. They opened another building on the west part of town, Westboro Baptist Church. Um, and Fred took it over. And so 
his vitriolic preaching, which is what Wikipedia called it, which I thought was a really good <laughs> vitriolic preaching. Oh, that's a good word, isn't it? And very apt in this case. It, exactly, yeah. Um, it completely alienated other church leaders in that organisation. It alienated the congregants that had moved over from the Eastside Baptist Church. And so the congregation that was left at Westboro with Fred was basically just the Phelps family and some close friends. Wow. That was it. But they're still part of the sort of the official Baptist church at this point. Yes. Yeah. Okay. At this point, well, basically when everyone leaves, when he alienates the other church leaders, they're like, now nah, we're going to leave you to it. That's yours. You take it. We'll go and it's do It's so it interesting that, isn't it? It's so different from, so like my, a friend of mine is um, just doing training um, to work in the Church of England. Um so they're at theological college and then we'll do, we'll be a curate for three years and then we'll get <clears throat> placed with a parish. Wow. Um, but the, just like the formality of that with it, you know, you couldn't take over a church of England yeah. parish church and then do your own thing. And then sort and of that just be, okay. be cut off that way. And that, yeah, it's a, it's a, just a, a really different process. It seems, doesn't it? Like, like when we've talked about Jim Jones and other people in the past where they sort of, I don't know, yeah. it's almost a bit like getting a freelancer in to be the preacher yeah, for your it. local church and then they can and take it over. And suddenly it's theirs. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, so to, to earn money, to support his family, to support his church, uh, Fred Phelps did door-to-door sales. So he would sell vacuum cleaners, he would sell push chairs, he sold life insurance, just like going around knocking doors, selling stuff and then being like, hey, my church. <laughs> Um, Again, they, that's a Jim Jones overlap, isn't it? Like Jones selling monkeys door to door. Yeah, exactly. Um, Margie and Fred uh, got down to making some children. Uh, they en- ended up having 13 <laughs> I'm children. sure they made children. I doubt they got down. So. <laughs> well, how else do you do it? I guess like in Kevin and Perry, when they just like switch off the light and then vomit into a little dish. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine it was very perfunctory rather than like, oh yeah, we got down last night. Oh yeah, okay. They uh, they shook hands for a long time and made some children. Um, they had 13 children. Um, their family grew to 54 grandchildren and seven great-grandchildren is where they're at at the moment. Bonkers. That's a, that's a lot. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of fivers in Christmas cards at Christmas. Oh, gosh, yeah. I was going to try and do maths then and then I embarrassed myself and stopped. Oh, that's, um, I think... <laughs> Uh, and I hopefully the listeners will be happy with this. Maths should never be a part of this podcast. So. Two hundred and seventy dollars for the for the grandchildren. Wow. I think that's maths. I promise I didn't use a calculator. I didn't. If you'd um, like to prove whether Sam did that with a calculator or not, listeners, you can subscribe to our Patreon to see the video recording of this episode. Do you like uh, that bit of subtle marketing, Sam? It was very good. Thanks, John. Um, his children also got roped into helping helping them raise money for the group. Um, so they would sell candy door to door. And so bear in mind, we're like back in what the kind of 1950s, moving forward from there. Um, my timeline in a classic me style kind of winds around a little bit, but yeah. we'll get there in the end. Um, in 1972, Westboro Baptist Church was sued by two companies for failing to pay for the candy that the children were selling. So they'd like order it, the children would go and sell it, and then they'd never pay back 
for the original. Oh, wow. Oh, I was going to ask where they got it from, whether they were just selling it on from shops or whether they were, yeah, like bulk ordering it. Yeah. That doesn't seem very, uh, very Christian or ethical, does it? I've got a feeling that's not the first time you'll say that sentence, John. Doesn't doesn't (laughs) Jesus say, render unto the candy company what is owed to the candy company at some point? Yes, I think that's a... Uh, Jacob, verse 13, chapter 2. I don't know how Bible works. Is Jacob even a book? I don't know how Bible works. (laughs) Sam is not studying at a theological college, listeners, if you were. (laughs) No. Wouldn't that be surprising? Imagine if suddenly I just told you I was going to study at theological college. I don't know. Maybe it would be interesting. Never say never, Sam. Okay. Probably unlikely. It's probably Definitely quite a good deal, though, isn't it? Like I'm thinking again about the, the Church of England here. I don't know how it works in other denominations, but don't they? They provide you with a house, right, and a yeah parish, yeah, and you must get some other. I mean, I mean, apparently it's like a five year training uh, program for that. So I, that's maybe I not mean, that's, the free real estate that it sounds like, but that's quicker than could be up worse. A mortgage. <laughs> Very true. In these difficult. To, Let's, I mean, if they ever find this recording, this will undo us, but let's join the Church of England <laughs> as a house buying strategy. Listeners, let's all do it wherever you are. Let's, let's join the Church of England and then maybe we can use some of these empty houses in this country. And I've definitely known Church of England um, vicars who I suspect probably don't literally believe yeah, I think in that's God very and true. Christianity. They just like nice. And lots that do. Speaking to nice people and doing nice things for the community. That's also okay. Anyway, so Sam and I have sorted out our our future uh, (laughs) housing situation. That's our five-year plan. Excellent. Back to Phelps. Back to Phelps. So um, you probably probably know from the Louis Theroux documentaries, lots of them are lawyers. Lots of the Phelps family. Um, so Fred earned his law degree from Washburn University in 1964 and the family would continue to go to Washburn University in Topeka um, as like a like a legacy sort of thing. Went to, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's um, what he was studying at college then? What? what when? Law, presumably. No, he was doing something else before and he went to... Oh, okay. He, he did that at... Washburn. I think he did religion. I'm so sorry. There's probably listeners out there going, well, he did this. I, I did research it. I did read it. I just didn't write it down. Yay. Doesn't matter. No, everything's fine. Um, so he founded the Phelps Chartered Law Firm uh, and employed mostly his family. So there were some things that I also found out that when I rewatched the Louis Theroux documentary, they do talk about it, but not as much as they could, oh, Okay. So Fred Phelps had a massive amount to do with uh, civil rights and fighting Jim Crow laws in Topeka. Oh, yeah, I do remember them saying that yeah. at some point. So he became known as the lawyer that would take a case on behalf of black defendants who were alleging racial discrimination by the school systems. So when black lawyers were like, no, we need to earn money, we need to take cases, we know we can win. And white lawyers were going, I don't want to take cases for black people. Fred Phelps was the one going, no, I'm going to, I'm going to look after these people. These people have been, yeah. So that's a, so nice of Fred Phelps to do. It's the right thing to do, of course. But for someone that we know is so full of hatred, 
it's that really surprised me. It's yeah, kind of it's interesting, isn't it? Again, it's yeah. a bit. It's another Jim Jones parallel, right? In that, yeah. whatever else about him, so much of that church early on was about being that, anti-racist. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's jarring, isn't it, when people are prejudiced so violently, but not to everybody. Yeah. But yeah. So that was really surprising to me. He won discrimination cases against Kansas City Power and Light, Southwestern Bell, the Topeka City Attorney, and he represented two female professors who were alleging discrimination at Kansas Universities. Wow, amazing. Properly, like, against discrimination. Just such a bizarre mix of things. Uh, So Kansas was super super racist uh, it caused lots of um, white people who lived around Westboro to turn on them uh, to shoot at their buildings to yell racial slurs at them they would be threatened with death the children would be beaten up on their way home from school wow. for being from this God, family it's yeah not so and but, this but is again all- so interesting in terms of being on the receiving end of that behavior yeah given yeah, exactly. where this ends up right yeah Um, So by the late 1980s, Fred Phelps had won the Omaha Mayor's Special Recognition Award, an award from the Greater Kansas City Chapter of Blacks in Government, and an award from the NAACP for his steely determination for justice. Uh, There is a a Bible quote he uses to explain his anti-racism. One law shall be to him that is home-born, and unto the stranger that sojourneth among you, because God hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth. Wow. The Bible's like, be nice to people, right? However, Fred Phelps lost his uh, license to practice law in 1979. So what happened was a court reporter had failed to get a transcript ready for Phelps in time for a case. So he flew into an absolute rage at this reporter and sued her for $22,000 for the, like, for the delaying of the case. Okay. He badgered her, like, outside of court. He would, like, abuse her, uh, yell at her on the witness stand, um, and the court wanted to stop the Phelps Chartered Law Firm from practising entirely, but Fred agreed to give up his licence so that the firm could continue practising. Oh, okay. So his family could continue to earn money and he could just not practice law anymore. How bizarre. Again, that suggests like a, that suggests there was a wider behavioral problem from him, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That he would fly into a rage at a woman for, for that. Uh, The disbarment hearing said that he had very little regard for the ethics of his profession. That's oh, a, little that's a bit shame, of, um, though, after doing all that good work. Isn't it? Like, well, it's the same that we said about Jim Jones again, isn't it? Like, imagine if they'd just not done that next bit. Yeah. So now we're going to get into the, the realm of totally chill things for a cult leader to say, a fringe religious group leader to say. <laughs> um, Mate, so, I think they fit the bill, don't they? I mean... Uh, they are still a a running group, so we have to be very careful about that. That's true. But people who have left the group call it a cult. Diplomacy. Yeah. Ooh. 
allegedly our lawyers have advised us to say. Thank you, lawyers. (laughs) So, uh, the Westboro Baptist Church, uh, all the congregants mostly live on the same street. So there's approximately 70 members now. Um, 2014, there are around 80 members. So people leave and and, uh, join quite fluidly, but never like never more than like a hundred members. I assume I didn't look at or on this paragraph I'm looking at right now isn't the total numbers that there ever were. Um, And these members are mostly from the, the Phelps family tree. So 54 grandchildren, that's... Yeah, yeah, that fills most of your street, right? Exactly. Uh, It sounds like a lot of people, but if they're all related, it's not that many, actually. Um, So they have a communal garden, but they don't live communally. So the adults all have their own jobs. They tithe the church, but they're responsible for maintaining their own property. So they all have their own houses and then they've just knocked down their fences in the garden so that they can... Oh, so it's all one thing. Yeah, I've seen that, I think, in the... In the documentaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in the Louis Theroux has a little wander around back there. Um, the members attend a weekly service. And so uh, they're always led by Fred Phelps, who the congregants all call Gramps, because, as I said, out of 54 out of 80 members, he is their granddad. That makes sense. That's an appropriate sense, name. Right? Yes. Um, so they all... It's not serve- as alliterative as I'd like. I'd like him to be groovy Gramps or something, but... Uh, he's not that groovy, though, John, is he? Grumpy Gramps? Uh, grumpy Gramps. He's Grumpy Gramps. That's <laughs> that's what we will be calling him, listeners. I apologise. I don't. It's fun. Uh, so they also will serve the church in other ways. So the adults have all got their own jobs. But then when they get home from those jobs, i.e. as a lawyer or a nurse, they will come back home and be making signs. They will create uh, web content. So their website is extremely active and we will get into that later because hmm. it's a very fun place to be um and they also do daily pickets which i will also get to later their beliefs are rooted in uh calvinism which is a, a word that i learned researching for this <laughs> uh, which are uh total depravity unconditional election limited atonement irresistible grace and the perseverance of the saints so the acronym for that is TULIP and Fred Phelps would have a list, uh, a sign behind his pulpit saying TULIP. So it's just basically what, was like, the, what was the depravity one? Total depravity. But is that that the world is totally depraved? Uh, it is. That's not something there for. No, it's like we should uh, deprive ourselves for God. I'm just looking at... Oh, I see. As in deprivation, of... not... Yeah. Not uh, sexual depravity. Uh Oh yeah, so sort of, whoops, nearly spilled my beer. <laughs> um, all humans are by nature slaves to sin and incapable of choosing to follow God. So that's wow. the depravity. Unconditional election. God has chosen who will be saved based solely on his mercy, not their merit. See, that is true for quite a few of these groups that we've looked at, right? That blows my mind, that idea of, yeah, nothing you do matters. God's already decided this. Yeah. Yeah. So there's another story that the Westboro Baptist Church used, which is the story of Jacob and Esau, who were, let me just scroll down in my notes, they were twin brothers. um, And it was ordained before they were born that God would love Jacob and hate Esau. And so you don't know. Come on, God, chill out a bit. 
you don't know if you are a child of Jacob or of Esau until you get to the final judgment. And so the threat to all the children in Westboro is like, are you Esau? Is, are you being naughty because you're Esau and God hates you? Or are you a Jacob and God loves you? So it gives them a sort of like a goal as someone to want to be. They want to be Jacob so that they are loved. Yeah. They want to be behave like children of Jacob. But does that mean you could be good all of your life and then find out at the last moment you were just in the wrong category? That's Exactly. Bonkers. But that's another way that Westboro also justify when people leave. They're like, ah, they must have been Esau all along. Turns out, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'll, I'll carry on with uh, our TULIP acronym. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so limited atonement. God could have chosen to save all men, but sent Jesus to die only for his elect. Irresistible grace. Those chosen by God have no power to resist his call to salvation. Why do you frown, John? John is frowning. I just don't agree with this. <laughs> That's all that frown was. Yeah. I mean, I think that goes without saying, right? Yeah, yes. I, I, yeah. I suppose what I mean is even if I was a Christian, I, I, that's... Yeah. That seems, yeah, like a bizarre... To me, that seems... That kind of determinism, right? It seems really hard to deal with. Yes, I definitely agree. Um, the perseverance of the saints, God's elect will persevere to the end and be saved. So you've got, oh, so see, like, see, that's where I just, I, I much prefer the laziness of the saints. Uh, I think they, uh, they'll just <laughs> give up at some point. Yeah, the irreverence of the saints. <laughs> <laughs> so the, we know Westboro Baptist Church are a hate group. Um, we will definitely get to that later. I just figured there was no point in talking about the hate all the way through. No. Um, but the way they justify their hate is, is based on conduct, not on the immutable nature of being. So they aren't racist as a group because your race is an immutable nature of being. It's not something you choose. Mm -hmm. They don't hate women particularly because they don't choose to be women. They hate transgender people because they choose to be something else. They hate gay people because they choose to be gay. They hate women who have abortions because they choose to have an abortion. They hate people who blaspheme because you choose to blaspheme, but they don't hate you for if you were to just stand still and just be a regular human without any thoughts, they wouldn't mind you. Yeah. And just to be clear, listeners, Sam is saying that that is their belief in terms of choice, in terms of sexuality and gender identity. That's from their perspective. That's not necessarily. Oh my ours. God. Yes. It's their perspective. I did not. Did that sound like I was saying I thought it, I definitely don't think any of that. It did. No, it didn't. I just thought that was an important disclaimer to, oh, no. <laughs> to put in. Yes, absolutely. Um, disclaimer, I disagree with everything the Westboro Baptist Church do. <laughs> I just made John's squash come out of his nose. I'm you, ca sorry, you, can't, you can't say everything, because what if they do something nice, and then you go, oh, Sam said she disagrees with being nice to puppies. Nope. <laughs> oh, no, be nice to puppies. Um, the lives of the children in the group are super restrictive, as one might guess, but they are publicly educated. So they go to public schools, they go to the school, the local schools, and the adults see them as walking picket signs. So just the, the presence of those children is a reminder that the church have, you know, the church is there. Um, wow. And they're not expected to, to like preach at school, but they are expected to correct their uh, colleagues when that's necessary. 
again, that's a lot of pressure on a child or teenager in school, right? To be your mere presence here is a beacon to others. But then these children think they are a message from God. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose if you're taught that from birth, right, then it doesn't fit into your normal childhood insecurities. And also something that separates them from a lot of cults that we look at is the fact that they are encouraged to learn at external from external sources. And so to, to strengthen the belief that they're instilling in, in them at home, that they can challenge it with hearing about science and hearing from hearing about other religions even. Yeah. That's an interesting approach, right? Compared to like the homeschooling or, or going to an independent religious school. Yeah. Um, the children aren't allowed to fraternize slash date slash have friends outside the church, particularly. Uh, there's a really good bit in, in one of the Louis Theroux documentaries where Louis Theroux asks uh, Shirley, uh, so what if one of your children had a, had a boyfriend? And she's like, what, for fornication? They're like super obsessed with fornication and mm. that if people are alone together, they will just be fornicating. Um, it's the appearance of evil being alone with another person of the opposite gender they also can't marry someone who isn't a member of the church but the church is mostly the phelps family so they don't they don't uh intermarry too closely um but it basically means as soon as a new person arrives someone will marry them they are the hot ticket all of a sudden um, Mm, i wonder if unscrupable people might abuse that in joining that organization uh what what do you mean like if you know that there are lots of young women Mm. of marrying age and that you'd be the only ticket in town if you join the group i can imagine some personalities might think that's a good deal right i guess so but then also you have to go to this church yeah, so but if you're to, if, yeah. if you're that kind of person, then yes, yeah, I know what you mean. Ugh. God, people are creepy. Yep. Um. So you've 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 got into the church. Uh, you meet a nice person. You want to get married? Not you, probably. Um, <laughs> <laughs> someone wants to get married. Uh, yeah, I don't think they'd have me, Sam. I don't know. I don't think they would have you either. Um, which is sad because you're a nice person. Thanks, also, Sam. You're a nice person too. Thanks. So there's no such thing as dating. So you have basically you have a formal agreement between your parents and their their parents, or if mm, they're adults romantic. between you and them. Yeah. And so you you basically are just like, hello, shall we get married? Because we're both a similar age. Yes. Uh, they. That would be a really sweet proposal, wouldn't it? I know. Any listeners thinking of proposing to their significant other soon? Just take a little recording of my voice <laughs> doing that. If anyone does that, I That's will you buy you a present. And um, Sam and I will co-officiate we will, your wedding. We will come to your wedding and uh, we'll sing something. <laughs> John just looks super shocked at me. Um, so you're engaged to somebody, but you're not allowed to kiss them. No, no, no. No kissing allowed. Uh, no time. You, you don't get any time alone. Uh, so if you don't have a chaperone at all times then basically they're like, you fucked each other, even if they haven't. Yeah. Uh, For some reason in my notes now, I just have a sentence saying the Bible is dumb. And so I must have been reading something when I looked, when I wrote that. No context. It's just around white spaces around it. 
just a Samland hot take right in the middle of them. <laughs> um, yeah. Any? Do you have any questions about about what I learned about their beliefs or anything so far? Um, any any thoughts? It's okay if you don't. Are they? So I suppose the other, just in terms of other groups that we've talked about, are they very much of the the world is ending soon? No mode, or are they sort of more not? as millennium is that the word i'm looking for uh let's say yes um they're not quite yeah they they don't have quite the same um apocalypse apocalypse uh doctrine as a lot of the groups that we have but they do believe that uh, so fred believed that jesus would be back before he died Okay, yeah, that's what I meant. But yeah. So they 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 are are ready for the second coming. They kind of think it's the last days, but they're also not like the world's going to end. We've all got to stay here. They're like, yeah. oh, cool. The world keeps going, but it's it's going to be the end soon. Okay, cool. So I'm going to start talking about their pickets and where their pickets came from. Um, and to start this off, uh, one of the terms that the Westboro Baptist Church use is a homophobic slur. It is the word fag. I will be using the word when it is necessary, but I will not be using it outside of to quote what Westboro say. Uh, so in 1989, Fred Phelps was cycling in Gage Park with his four-year-old grandson, Josh. So the way Fred liked to do that was he'd cycle ahead a little bit and then circle back and catch up with Josh and then cycle ahead of him a little bit while Josh just poodled along on his little bike. One time Fred Phelps circled back and he says he saw two men emerge from the bushes and approach Josh to try and lure him off the path. And Fred Phelps yelled at these men and, and tried to drive him away um, and then got, got Josh home. Fred Phelps then heard about what was called a tea room, which is a public toilet known to be a place that gay men frequented for sex in Gage Park. Fred complained to the park officials who said that like we, we've had complaints about, you know, people seeing men having sex in there before, but nothing changed in the town. The police department uh, had arrested people in the park before for like indecent exposure, but they couldn't do anything about the to- like what people used a toilet for. You go in yeah. the toilet. It's not my business. Um, so Fred Phelps fought for two years um, like, and he would get thrown out of council meetings for being like, homophobic and being hateful in what he was saying in these council meetings. About when, getting... when was this? What year, Sam? Uh, between 1989 and 1991. Okay. Um, so in 1991, they did their first picket um, where they carried signs in Gage Park saying, watch your kids gaze in restrooms. Gays are worthy of death, which came from Romans 1.32. Uh, militant gays spread AIDS, expose gay AIDS ploy, and then gradually it moved moved on to God hates fags because it's a metaphor. They say because fags are a bundle of sticks that burn in hell, and also it is a slur. Yeah, and that's where the slur comes from as well. Yeah. Um, nice. Which is lovely. Yeah. Um, but. Hey, John, uh, I'm a fag too. Fags are all of us. Uh, We are all fags because I agree that people should be able to love who they want to. And it's none of anyone else's business. Um, Any church that marries gay people is a fag church. uh, Quote them. Uh, So it's a 
it's spread from being an intensely pointed homophobic thing to just everyone but gays a bit worse than everyone else yeah yeah okay um so the rules of them picketing at gauge park were that they had to be walking in a circle they couldn't stay still so they wore the grass down in circles so the children would be there just walking around and walking around counter protesters would turn up uh, to tell them they were wrong they would fight with the westboro baptist church who would never retaliate so you could walk up to a picketing don't do this but you could walk up to a picketing member of the westboro baptist church and punch them square in the face and they would not hit you back they are anti-violent despite being so violent in what they say yeah um they would get shoved over the children would get hit and spit at uh, people would throw bottles of piss out of their cars i when they say that i'm like who number one does everyone have a bottle of piss in their car number two when do you do you like see the church picketing stop piss into a bottle drive back round and throw it at them or um like see them be like oh quick 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 so <laughs> Well, if you're going to do that, you might as well just piss directly from your window out, right? If you've got good aim. Um, I imagine they know that they regularly pick it in that spot, prep their bottle and, and go. Oh, I'm ready to go. Shout at the protesters. I've got my keys. I've got my wallet. Oh, bottle of piss. Got my bottle of piss, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you not do that check when you go out to the car? No. That's what I've been doing. Instead missing. of an oil like check, a- you do your piss check before you go. <laughs> Um, cars would also swerve at them. So from the side of the road, they would wow. swerve as if to hit them. They wouldn't drive into them um, hard. Some people would drive, like hit them with their doors and stuff, but no one would like be run over completely. So they drew a lot of attention, obviously. So they carried on doing it. The Westboro Baptist Church also contact the police before each time they're going to protest. And the reason they do that is to, to make sure they're following the rules. So the police will tell them where they can and can't pick it and they will follow that. Um, And they also want someone there because if counter protesters punch them, then police have witnessed them being the ones that are the victims. Um, So they say that when you see your neighbor sinning, you have to rebuke him. And so the hateful messages that they, they put out are because of love for their neighbor. They're not because of hate they're because john they love you that's why they want to save you from the hell that you're going into no yeah but it's interesting though because they're sort of not on that basis they're not trying to you know they don't proselytize right they're not trying to convert anybody to their church it is that's the thing that i've always found weirdest about um particularly sort of shirley's take on things when she's talking about it is that she's going oh it's just you're supposed to tell them they're going to hell we're not trying yeah. to stop them going to hell. It's yeah. a, it's a bit sort of like it's a, almost like self-aggrandizing, right? It's almost like just Absolutely. pointing out that they're right and everyone else is wrong. They're not trying to yeah, affect 100%. change. It's a very weird strategy. I don't. Yeah, but then I mean, we're talking about them. Yeah, true. Oh, we're playing into their hands. No, we're not. Uh, I love uh, gays. Uh, in me too, Sam. Yay. Me too. Uh, in 1995, Benjamin Phelps, who is uh, uh, Grumpy Gramps' eldest grandson. Yeah, so yeah, his oldest son, I think, is named Fred. Because, duh. But his, his eldest grandson 
was convicted of assault and disorderly conduct after he did spit in the face of, of a person walking past. Um, it says walking past. I assume someone going, you're wrong. Yeah. And then he spat at them. Also in 1995, and this is something the Westboro Baptist Church talk about a lot, is that the church was bombed. Oh, wow. I don't think I knew that. No. And the reason that you didn't know is because it wasn't really. It, some college students. Oh, so I still ev- don't know that. Okay. Yeah. So some college students made a little pipe bomb that basically just like put some, like it set a little outbuilding on fire a little bit and it put some holes in a van uh, with, from the shrapnel. But that was all that happened. Their lives weren't in danger. Yeah. Um, but they they can now say they've been bombed for their message. Um, also, in the uh, 1990s, they won more than uh, $200,000 in lawsuits against the city of Topeka and Shawnee County for actions taken to prevent them picketing. So their right to free gathering of people. Yeah, first amendment. I can't remember. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so 1998 rolls around and this is when the Westboro Baptist Church really come into the, come onto the world stage um, because Matthew Shepard is murdered. And so uh, they picket his funeral um, with signs, no fags in heaven. Uh, and the world suddenly takes notice of him. So in case listeners aren't familiar um with that, that was a particularly horrendous, um, homophobic murder um, of a young man, um, the details of which we probably won't go into here, but which involved torture and a, and a horrendous way to kill someone. Yeah. Um, may he rest in peace. There is the Matthew Shepherd. Uh, there's a charity that you can donate to, um, but please go and research it. Um, and would you like to have a little break, John? Because I think I would. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, hello. We're back again. We just had a little break. Uh, John ate a chocolate bar. We spoke a little bit about Matthew Shepherd, And so now we're going to carry on with some more things that the Westboro Baptist Church did. Um, 2001 is when the 9-11 attacks happened. And so they thanked God for 3,000 dead Sodomite Americans, as well as thanking God just generally for 9-11. Uh, 2004, Grumpy Gramps' daughter Margie and her son Jacob were arresting for trespassing after disobeying, disobeying a police officer at a picket. So they'd been given lines that they could, they could stand in. Um, and, and Margie and Jacob went out of those lines, so then they were arrested for trespassing. Uh, in 2005, they started picketing soldiers' funerals. So soldiers who'd fought in the war in Afghanistan and Iraq. Um, so because citizens were saying, God bless America, Phelps said that it was actually God cursing America. And so there are scriptural points about sending your children to fight a war that is a war of man, not a war of God. And a dead child is a curse from God. And the Westboro Baptist Church rejoice in all of God's judgments. Mm. So if God judges that that child should die, they rejoice that that child has died. Um, I think that's one of the things I struggle with most about them. Yeah. Other than the the horrendous homophobia um, is that 
I'm sure like theologically that's all consistent within what they believe. But I think the choices that they make in terms of what and when and where they pick it is so deliberately provocative and so yeah. clearly designed to actually be be hurtful. Yeah. Even then, though they would deny that up to the hilt. Right. Absolutely. But it's so targeted and so so deliberately provocative. So this is something that Megan Phelps Roper talks about a little bit in her book of saying like genuinely the younger people believe that it is out of love for the and that like oh I know they're upset but it's so that we can save their their never dying soul they they are are, are blind to the hurt they're causing yeah. because all they see is the the supposed good that they are putting out in the world um and that was one of the things that helped cause Megan to come out of the church is is actually saying oh okay so uh uh, Jesus said, "He without may he without sin cast the first stone," and the Westboro Baptist Church aren't casting stones. But then uh, uh, David Abitbol, who's a who's a Jewish uh, journalist, came out to Megan and said, "Well, no, you're not you're not throwing any stones, but you're advocating that a government throw stones. Mm. You're advertising that other people throw stones. So how is that different?" And it was those like inconsistencies that are what spoke to her and, and encouraged her to go. Mm. The uh, the church say that the Iraq war be- was because uh, happened because people had gone away from godliness. The Bible quote they used was they chose new gods. Then there was war in the gates. Um, and the soldiers funerals were was such a good, good quote place to, to protest for them because there was so many of them happening. Yeah. So the church would go to as many soldiers funerals as they could all around the country um, each picketer would pay their own way. So they would find out a funeral was happening. They, amongst the church, would go, okay, which of us are available to go to this state to go and protest this funeral? Three of them would be able to go. So they would pay for their plane ticket and they would go to this funeral. Um, but they, they, could, they, could be, they could be at three or four all around the country at different times, which makes them appear like they're so much bigger than they are. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. they're everywhere and they're big and they're loud and they carry four signs each. So you know, you you don't look properly. That looks like more people than just three people. Yeah, yeah, it's got a bit more scale than the numbers might suggest. It's like those insects that have like a thing that they put up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> or like or like peacocks. They're very much the peacocks of of uh, homophobes, religious extremists. <laughs> yeah. Um. So their sign, the signs that they use at soldiers' funerals are thank God for dead soldiers, thank God for IEDs. Um, as of March 2009, the church claimed it had done over 41,000 protests. Wow. Which is a lot of protests. Yeah, jeez. Um, so there are daily protests. They do. There's a particular church in Topeka that they will go to every single day to walk around in a circle and talk about how much God hates everybody. And America. Um, as we kind of come into the into the two thousands, into the more more modern bit of homophobia, they start uh, rewriting and parodying popular songs like "Crazy Train" and uh, "Lady Gaga" and "Rihanna," and also, you know, so Patreon listeners, listen out for a "Sounds of the Sexties" coming soon with the Westboro Baptist Church album of parodies. Oh God, that's going to be a tough John, episode. John's <laughs> eyes just rolled so hard, his entire head went backwards. <laughs> <laughs> just, 
just because it was, I just recently uh, edited and uploaded our Manson one, and it was hard enough listening to his music again, much less yeah. uh, Westboro um, parody. I'm looking forward to it, Sam. It'll be good. It'll be fun. I mean, they're very shit, so at least we'll be able to just laugh at them. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, in 2006, a Marine named Matthew Snyder was killed in a Humvee accident in Iraq. The church picketed Matthew Snyder's funeral, chanting, they turned America over to fags, they're coming home in body bags. Snyder's father sued the church for defamation, invasion of privacy, and intentional infliction of emotional distress. The church had already protested more than 100 soldiers' funerals when the lawsuit came in, and they actually found out about the lawsuit on their way back from a different protest at a different funeral. Wow. So police would always cordon the church members into areas away from the direct route of the funeral, so the, the funeral car would never drive past them. Um, they would be away from the entrance and as far away as possible that the church would be satisfied that they could still be near that funeral and that they wouldn't be there, you know, that the families wouldn't... Really actively disruptive, yeah. Yeah. Um, so in, in, the, in the Snyder versus Phelps case, the Phelps argued for their First Amendment rights to free speech. So because the Snyder family had talked about their grief of the death of their son in a public forum, the Westboro Baptist Church then felt they were entitled to answer back in a public forum. The Snyder family used tort law, which is a claim of civil wrongs, to argue the case. And the church was issued with a $10.9 million verdict to pay to the Snyder family. Wow. Um, in, in, for that. As soon as that verdict came down, Margie, uh, not the wife Margie, the, the daughter Margie, uh, immediately filed an appeal. So that money was held. Yeah. And in 2010, the Supreme Court of the United States overturned the verdict, finding that, in fact, free speech did cover the church in that situation. It's such a tricky law, yeah. isn't it? Because Yeah, it's a really difficult balance. They did, they were defaming him and they were, you know, there was emotional distress inflicted. Um, they also argued that, like, oh, the, the family couldn't even see us. And the, uh, um, Matthew Snyder's father said, no, we could, we could see the tops of the signs. We could see them. They were there. Like, we could hear them. Yeah. We knew that they were there. They talked about being there. Um, in 2009, the church tried to travel to the UK to protest a staging of the Laramie Project, which is a play about the death of Matthew Shepard. John's looking for it in his bookshelf now. Um, but the church members were banned from entering the UK. So if you are a member of Westboro Baptist Church, piss off, you can't come here and protest our great theatre. What's also interesting is in 2009, that was my first year at drama school, where a class did a staging of the Laramie Project. So in my head, I'm like, that was me. They were going to protest our school. Oh. I'm sure they weren't. I'm sure it wasn't that because it was a Maybe. close performance. But um, I don't know where it is. I must have left it at work. I have got it. It's... um. Yeah, it's there's there's two of them. They did two. Basically, they went and interviewed loads of people in the town of Laramie. Yeah. Um. At, at the time that it happened, and then they interviewed them ten years later. And so the two plays are are verbatim are, are sort of quotes of people from the town about how it changed the town and changed the sort of the conversation around. And Fred Phelps was also one of the people interviewed for the Laramie project. So you get to hear him being hateful and disgusting. 
just some more I've got some lists of some more protests that they've done so in 2009 they started thanking god for aids in 2011 oh yeah okay yeah wait no yeah they were doing that in 2011 they protested the premiere of uh, kevin smith's film red state and so he re- retaliated with signs god hates phelps um so he well done kevin smith. exactly because they said uh, megan phelps had told him on twitter that they were going to come and protest and so he had these god hates phelps signs ready uh his god hates phelps sign had a little parentheses that said but not megan because she's smoking hot just to upset them so some the some of the church members are in charge of running all of the different websites that the westboro baptist church have um so in the same way as the kittens do the westboro baptist church will just start a new website if they want to talk about how obama is the antichrist or god yeah. hates america or god hates you or god hates fags is their main website and all their signs are available to see on their website so here i'm just sharing my screen with john here is the westboro baptist church website can you see it i can see it and so here and i'll post a little screenshot on our uh instagram or you can just go to the website if you want to give it ah, a Ah, that anti-Trump one's uh, interesting. I've not yeah. seen that before. Trump being the ad- adulterer-in-chief. Fine. Uh, yeah, lots of uh, anti-Semitic sentiment in here. Uh, you'll notice up here there is a... It's alphabetized. There's a special segment Convenient. just for signs beginning with the letter F which are the sort of uh, bullshit that you would expect. G, for God hates everyone. So here we go. God hates atheists and God hates gaytheists, which is now what I'm going to call myself. Good wordplay, Westboro Baptist Church. Yeah. God hates mockers. God hates mockers. That's mods Um, and rockers. (laughs) I think they mean people who mock things rather than uh, coffees that also (laughs) include chocolate. Uh, God hates adultery, God hates all nations, God hates America, God hates Cupid. God God hates hates Cupid? God hates drunks. I'm going to take a sip of my beer on that phrase. (laughs) God hates Easter. That seems inconsistent. God hates those in hell. God God hates hates the UK. UK. God hates the UK. God hates you. God hates you. But then you notice the occasional more temperate sign. God hears the prayers of the humble. Mm. Uh, God uh, loves a contrite heart. God loves a contrite heart. God our help. Apparently that's good English. Um, God sent the coronavirus in fury. Sorry, friends. I'm sure you thought you were going to get through an hour of your life without listening about listening to someone say those words. Can we get a really um, big return to sender envelope, Sam? To, to what? To give the if coronavirus God sent back to coronavirus, God. yeah. Yeah. Uh, hell is real. Ask Matt. Do you want to do that? <laughs> um, I don't think I will ask my uh, ask my other. I mean, I suspect he'll say uh, that it's not real. Yeah, I should think so. But maybe, but obviously, that's what God wants me to know by directing me to ask him with that sign. Oh, oh, maybe I've just realised who the Matt is, which I hadn't clocked following our yeah. earlier pause. Yeah. <sighs> Yep, some more. 
pagan idols, pagan idolatry pictures of Father Christmas. Uh, yeah, so just kind of lots of stuff about uh, uh, rape and a nice science. The Irish, God, they sin. really do hate everyone, don't they? They really do, yeah. Uh, David Bowie is on one of these signs. I don't know how you could hate David Bowie. Um, but yeah, so that's their website that we've just had a little flick through. And, Ridiculous. Uh, mentions of some of their signs. There are a lot more. They are full of hatred. Uh, so they also run websites, God Hates Catholics, God Hates Islam, God Hates America. Um, so it turns out to the Westboro Baptist Church, like gay people are responsible for a whole load of good stuff in the world. Right? <laughs> yep. Um, like, like fag Christmas. Thank you for Christmas. Yay. <laughs> so as soon as Twitter started becoming a thing in the world, the Westboro Baptist Church found it. And we're like, oh my God, this is another way we can spread Oh my God, this is the perfect engine for sharing hate. Yeah, they were right on the money exactly. there, weren't they? Yeah. And so uh, Megan Phelps Roper and was put in charge of running the, the Twitter account for Westboro. And this was one of the things that caused her to leave the church, was speaking to Twitter, nice, yeah, reasonable... Do it. But it did, speaking to nice, reasonable people on Twitter who would engage with her without hate. Um let her address the inconsistencies in in the doctrine that she'd been learning about and actually find out that there were communities that were good outside of the church because she thought as a 25 year old woman that everyone outside the church was genuinely bad it's insane isn't it so just the level of of, of brainwashing and of us themness yeah yeah you can totally understand how in that context that happens but to be that shut off from the reality of the world yeah even while having some kind of limited contact with it through school and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I highly recommend that you listen to her. She did a, an address to um, a group of students at Oxford. Uh, she also did an episode of the Joe Rogan podcast talking about all this. Um, I highly recommend you go and, uh, and listen to those listeners. You like listening to things you're listening to me right now. Thank you. Um, so they left in 2012. When it comes to leaving the group, the church are, are fine about it. They're, they're like encouraging. So if you say, I doubt this, I want to leave, they feel that they will be, their souls are at risk for speaking to you. So mm. if you have doubts, you've got to go. Like yeah, that's GTFO. fine, we'll help you get out. Like you can't, you can't come back. Um, they say the church does not own salvation. So if you don't want to be here, you, you don't have to be here. Um, when you want to go, it means that you've lost the love of God. And so if you don't have the love of God, you like piss off. Um, family members will give their children money often to like set them up. To be like, Here you go. This is enough for a motel for a couple of days. Then you find your own way. Um, but people who leave are then demonized to the remaining members. So there was a, a, a young person called Libby who left, who was called Lib Libidinous Libby. or Something about Libby's libido which is quite fun to say. Um, that, so that, that's the, you know, effectively they called her a slut and said that she wanted to leave so she could go and be a slut around the place. Yeah. It also sort quite of sounds fun. casual, but is also basically saying, uh, well, okay, if you want to leave all of your family and never speak to us again and be eternally damned by all means, like it's not, yeah. And, and all of your family will then hear and be reminded of how much of a terrible person yeah, yeah. you are. And yeah. 
Um, so day-to-day running of the church was was Fred until Fred got a bit old, and then Shirley became the person that, like in charge of of the day-to-day activities. So she would arrange pickets. She would arrange like who was going to be where. Um, what the services were going to be, how they were raising money at this point. She very much became like the public face, didn't she? Yeah, exactly. Um, the monthly events, cross-country protests, childcare, media schedules, um, interviews about the church, in, like when the church were called to universities for debates, she would be the one to go. And in 2013, Fred Phelps is moved to hospice care at home because he's old and dying. Around that same time, a person called Aaron Jackson, who is the founder of the non-profit organisation Planting Peace, saw a for sale sign in a house across the road from the Westboro Baptist Church. And so Aaron Jackson bought the house for $81,000 and hired a military veteran to paint the outside of the house in the colours of the pride flag. And they call it the Equality House. And I will show you a picture of it here. Can you see it? It's very good, yes. Is beautiful. Um, they then uh, repainted that house in the colours of the transgender flag for the Transgender Day of Remembrance. Um, and then they bought the property next door, painted that with the transgender flag, turned the Equality House back to the Pride flag. So now, opposite the Westboro Baptist Church, are two houses with the transgender flag and the Pride flag sitting proudly. It is amazing. It is one of my favourite things about this whole. Yeah, absolutely. Deal. Yeah. Um, the house next to the uh, Equality House is called the Mott House, um, which is named for transgender activist Stephanie Mott. Um, in 2014, that, that, cha- that uh, charity, Planting Peace, invited Grace Phelps Roper to go with them to Jamaica. Uh, so Grace Phelps Roper was a photographer. Um, and they they were invited to document the lives and experiences of LGBTQ youth in Kingston, um, where between 40, 20 and 40 teens and young adults live in a sewer in Kingston, Jamaica, wow. um, having been cast out God. from their families. So these young people have, have built this like sewer community. And Grace um, is another one of the daughters who's left, right? One of Shirley's yeah. daughters who's left. Exactly. So her and Megan Phelps Roper left at the same time. Also in... 2014 grumpy gramps fred phelps dies of natural causes and uh the westboro baptist church don't don't mourn his death they don't hold a memorial they don't worship the dead is what they say there is also some more controversy around around fred phelps death um so zach phelps roper who's also since left the church who's one of uh, megan's younger brothers um said that as Fred was dying, he ran out, well, not like as he, not like the few minutes he was dying, but, you know, around that sort of time. Uh, he went outside the church, knelt on the grass outside the Westboro Baptist Church and shouted across to the Equality's house. He was wrong and they were all good people. The church then saw this as rank blasphemy and they excommunicated Grumpy Gramps Fred Phelps before he died. The church will not speak about this. Shirley, if asked in interviews, will refuse to speak about it. I sort of think part of that is fair enough because talking about your dead father is not nice. Yeah. Um, but also, he was such a public figure and it's important to know if he was excommunicated or not. People who've left the church say he was. People who are in the church say he. it's none of our business. So let's assume 
he probably yeah, was. That almost certainly happened, yeah. Yeah. A um, little bit before that, in about 2007, uh, Westbrook Baptist Church suddenly became run by a council of men, of elders. So I said before that Shirley was responsible for a lot of the day-to-day running of the group. Um, but she received a text message from her son, Sam, who was aged 32 at the time, and Steve Drain, who is a character in the Louis Theroux documentaries. He was a journalist who came to produce a documentary about the church and ended up joining the church and moving his family over. His daughter, Lauren Drain, is is very outspoken about being anti-Westborough. I was just going to say, and from the documentary, is a real nasty piece of work. Oh, yes, an absolute shithead. Yeah. Um, so they accused Shirley of being overzealous in her nature and the unmerciful way she would treat other members. Um, so effectively, they they just cut her off from doing whatever it was that she was doing before. She would no longer be allowed to give interviews. She was no longer allowed to organise anything for the church. She She was supposed to just follow what her husband said. So suddenly the church was just being run by these this group of men who who didn't see equality for women who don't who don't believe that that's right they they strongly believe that a woman's place is to obey her husband yeah yeah uh, real misogynist turn yeah um so the website is is still being updated uh steve drain is now like pretty much the main face of the church um but it's kind of becoming a bit less aggressive um and a, a bit calmer but obviously still with this undercurrent of absolute hatred uh so yeah that's pretty much where the westboro baptist church is now wow. um they've got some protests coming up if you wanted to uh, pop down uh they were going to be protesting uh elton john's concert at the sprint center in in kansas city on the 8th of july um but instead they protested with posters saying god cancelled your concert uh, some churches in Maui, apparently, uh, a Democratic National Convention, the Indy 500 and the Republican National Convention. So US listeners, if you find yourselves at any of those events, just go and, and they do something super gay in front of the Westboro Baptist Church just to upset them. If you want to. <laughs> <laughs> not, if, not if you don't feel that way. That's fair. Um, wow. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I've got some some more uh, little sprinkles of hatred if you'd like some before we finish or what why not there hasn't been enough in this episode already right? Sam. sprinkle us with hate in the last few minutes here we go some sprinkles of hate uh god hates you god hates all you do because you love fornicating so that was uh, god hates all you uh, that song telephone is that um yeah there's that so but these families have like so many children and yet they think everyone else is fornicating and yeah. they're you know, turkey basting. Yeah. Uh, Storm Sandy in 2012 was fag feces. Apparently. Uh, the Super Bowl is the Super Fag Bowl. They just add the word fag into everything. That just sounds like a really nice bit of homeware that a gay couple might have. <laughs> It's a, it's that maybe ashtray. they'd serve a punch a beautiful in. Ashtray. <laughs> uh, 
Um, they've made videos against specific people and specific uh, TV shows even. So they've got a video against the Pope, who they called a poop. Whoa. They're just, uh, that's the other thing about them is that there's something also incredibly like infantile about. Definitely. The quote unquote humor of it all. It's just very, very it's, childish. It's like all of it could be followed up with. Meh. Yeah. Um, they've got videos against Nelson Mandela, Barack Obama, the TV show Duck Dynasty, Dustin Hoffman, Robin Williams, Joan Rivers, Adam Hills, who is a comedian in the UK. He's the presenter oh, yeah. of The Last Leg, but he spoke out against Westborough. They've got a video about how bad he is. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner, who they refused to address by her proper name. Uh, Prince, they've got different videos that are thank God for cancer, thank God for AIDS, thank God for natural disasters. Uh, yeah, so there's the hate. Um, so in terms of like what can be done, what worked for Megan and what worked for the other people that left was just being spoken to by people who could remain calm and logical and discuss rationally with them and point out the inconsistencies in what they were saying. So if you do happen to find yourself in conversation with a member of Westboro Baptist Church, remember that they have been brainwashed. Mm. Remember that they, they believe what they're saying is true, but they are also fallible and they can, you know, the most vehement, the most violent, the most diehard members of this group can be shown the light. Yeah. They can be shown the right way to be. And seem increasingly to be to be leaving now, right? Yes. Um, in, in societally, as if we continue to have proper or start to have proper LGBTQ education in schools, the children will hear that when they go to their yeah. public school education. Um, and, and the views and the impact they're able to have is shrinking. So they're bastards. They're not the end of the world. We, we, can, we can drown them out. Yeah. We can drown them out with nice things. And they definitely, like lots of groups now, right, feel like the last violent kick of yeah. views that hopefully are on the way out. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's it. That's what I've got for you about Westboro cool. Baptist Church. Well done, Sam. I find that whole, the whole sort of deposing of Fred and Shirley is, fascinates me almost as much as the rest of it. Like the inner yeah. politics of that is really, really interesting. Absolutely. So they use uh, quotes from the Bible that are about elders and the elders in the Bible are addressed as he. And so they've used that to be basically the, the older married men in the group are now the people that now Fred has gone and there was the vacuum of power. Those men were able to group together and yeah. to, to, to seize that and then to continue to control their families. You do wonder as well whether they deliberately ousted him. Yeah. You know, I said earlier that story almost certainly happened, but I can also believe that that was something they made up about yep. an old man with dementia in order to get rid of him and Shirley. Yeah, absolutely. It could have been that. Um, so recommendations for you listeners, um, buy and read or listen to Unfollow by Megan Phelps Roper, um, who talks about her experience of it really beautifully. I touched on a little bit of it, but I've by no means gone into what she talks about in her book. Um, it's a really personal journey throughout the church. Um, the Louis Theroux documentaries, there are three of them. They're all available on BBC iPlayer and a couple of them are on Netflix. So that's uh, 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 America's Most Hated Family. Yes. Uh, and then uh, variations of that. Returns, the uh, return of the Most Hated Family in America or something, um, and Surviving America's Most Hated Family. 
there are interviews with Lauren Drain available online, um, who has, so she was Steve Drain's child. She joined the group when she was about 13 years old and then left in her early 20s. So to find out like how you come to that as a teen and how her experience of that. Uh, Megan Phelps Roper's episode on Joe Rogan is nine, number 974. Um, found information from uh, Wikipedia and from Westboro Baptist Church's own website. Cool. And that's it. Good so research, wonder, thank you. Does God hate coffee and cults now? Almost set. Mate, if we get a God hates coffee and cults sign out will, of this episode, I will be I happy. will get it. We can printed. stop the podcast right then. Yeah. I feel like we, we won't stop it then, listener. Don't, don't. don't panic no, or celebrate so soon. We will change our album artwork. To that, our yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, um, cool. Well done, listening. Sam. They're such a big... They're such a big hitter. You did that really well. It's great. Thank you. It's yeah. There's loads to learn about them. Um, they're just a bunch of weirdos, right? Yeah, hateful, and and again, you just—it's that thing about a group just being entirely distorted by the hang-ups of one slightly dotty white man, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, one park, I know one have, visit to a park. Yeah, yeah, and that people have made people have almost said, you know, who knows, but have sort of theorized that maybe he was, you know, repressed bisexual or repressed homosexual. And that fed into that, that strength of, yeah, of feeling on his part, who knows, but I mean, yeah, it absolutely could have been. Thank you very much for uh, listening friends. And um, please give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please tell your friends if you think they'd like us to, um, please get in touch with us. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all those fun places at Coffee and Cults. And we reply and we like hearing from you. You can also email us, coffeeandcults at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us financially, you can give us a one-off donation at uh, coffee, that's ko-fi.com forward slash coffee and cults. Or to support us on a more regular basis, you can find us at patreon.com forward slash coffee and cults. If you join the Patreon at any tier level, uh, you have access to some bonus material. So there's a few bonus episodes. Uh, there are increasingly now videos of these uh, regular podcast slots. Um, and yeah, and hopefully some more additional contact as uh, content as time goes on. Yes. Um, next time, we're going to be talking about something else that John has been researching. And so I'm excited to hear about that. We are. Should I trail it or should we leave it with an air of mystery, Sam? Uh, no, trail it. Trail it. So next time uh, we are going to Sorry, be no, talking about uh, carbonation and uh, in particular uh, the leader of that group uh, who goes by the, uh, the nickname Nature Boy. The group's had various different names, but a real uh, interesting example of like a, a current new religious movement fringe Ooh, religious very carefully group, said <laughs> um that yeah has an interesting sort of history with how it operates online and the kind of beliefs that it combines um it'll be a good time listeners please join us again for that uh next month yay um until next time thank you we love you love you bye bye we're going to talk to you you are the initiate you are the cosmic being found out that i was actually